Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on this hour. I'll have Andrew Giuliani on. He is the um, Republican running for governor of the great state of New York. The primary's in June, and uh, hopefully he's going to get through the primary and then take on Hochul and uh, and win that office. New York needs a Giuliani in charge, without a doubt. We've got that for you, Eric Adams News out of New York. We also have news out of Washington, D.C., a very liberal city, and um, about mandates. Suddenly things are starting to change. It's kind of interesting. Uh, what day is it, Carrie? I forget. What day is it? Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. How you doing, Carrie? You good? Not anymore. I forgot Come about on. this stupid song. Taco. I've got my tacos, my radio. Taco. A little salsa, I'm ready to go. Taco. No enchilada, nope. no cheesy nacho. You're right about this. Taco Tuesday, the Joe Pack Show. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? What was that? Now me and Polo, we like the hot sauce. Uh-huh. Joe Latoriso, cause he's the boss. You bet. Bean and cheese farts from Carrie Larkey. <laughs> you right. corn tortillas and beans. Taco. It's Taco Tuesday on the Joe Pat Show. It's Taco Tuesday on the Joe Pat Show. I'm eating tacos with Paul. Regina. What? Paulo, my friend, make it happen. Paco. Exactly right. So, Carrie, uh, have you heard from the people back there in Saskatchewan about this whole trucking thing? No, I have not. When's the last time you were there? Um, never been there, actually. I thought you guys vacationed in... <sighs> Regina. Wow. No, That's I've amazing. never been there. That'd be an A-Dub? This is the Joe Pack show? Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's wow. Of that. yeah. Wow. I, listen, can, can I be honest, though? No. I'm not feeling good about this hour. Could you help me out? You'll get it, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to play that one. Feel a whole feel a lot better now. <laughs> I think I could probably get it done. All right. In uh, in New York City, uh, Eric Adams, this guy, really, man, it, it's how are the wind blows with this guy? He will change his opinion on a drop of a dime. He is a some sort of a a vegetable based something diet. Yet he eats fish whenever he feels plant like it. Plant based diet, yeah. Is it plant based something? So, yeah. Okay, yeah, and and I don't know. I, listen, I I took the biology, but then again, there are eighteen genders now, or fifty two genders now. So maybe fish is a plant. Hmm. Maybe it could be in the world where there's a cat gender. Why not? Exactly right. Meow. So we have that, which is uh, confusing. And then he said that there's only a perception of crime on the subway. Um, And then the the next day he said, well, no, there's real crime on the subway. I'm afraid to ride the subway. And now something about, I don't know, racism Mm -hmm. is why we're saying there's crime in New York. Help, Help me out here. From the Daily Mail, New York Mayor Eric Adams said white reporters and editors were misinterpreting stories about his fight to crack down on woke state bail reform laws after his trip to Albany on Monday. Adam 61 met with Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Assembly Speaker Carl Heasty to discuss removing the cash bail system as the city faces a 40% surge in crime this year. Although Adams claimed the meeting was constructive, his visit was described as unsuccessful by
by both New York City tabloids after assembly members said they would hold the line on the bail reforms and Hochul announced that revisiting the law would likely not be included in this year's annual budget. Uh, the Rupert Murdoch-owned New York Post ran a page two-story headlined, Reform Rollback Hits Albany Speed Bump. The usually left-friendly Daily News devoted even more ink, spreading a story across pages four and five headlined, Eric Strikes Out with Albany Polls in all capital letters. Um, the former cop, who was endorsed by both papers in his run for mayor, said, I went to the assembly conference. People raised the issues that they had, and we talked. Black mayor, black speaker, black majority leader coming together and talking to each other. And if you would have turned on the news this morning, you would have said it was all hell up there. Adams suggested the negative coverage was due to a disconnect between New York City's second black mayor and white reporters and editors. And he threatened to stop speaking to the press and no longer accept off-topic questions if the negative coverage persisted. I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love, Adams told reporters Tuesday afternoon. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. But my story is being interpreted by people who don't look like me. We've got to be honest about that. What? All right, hold on. There's more. He went on to question the racial composition of newsrooms. How many blacks are on editorial boards? How many blacks determine how these stories are being written? He said, how many Asians? How many East Asians? How many South Asians? Everyone talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? Clearly, everybody's racist. So if I listen to what Eric Adams said, which first, and, and uh, uh, help not harm, I worked there, it's Albany. Um, I don't get it. Me. No, 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 I'm not, Albany. I'm, just, I'm helping. Albany. Um, I don't get it. I want to get it, because I remember when David Dinkins was the mayor, he was black. And I would guess, I th- I'm thinking it was the 70s, maybe the 80s, it was around there. I'm guessing there probably were very, very few other than white men who were doing journalism back there for the New York papers and the New York radio and TV stations. I'm guessing. You know, it wasn't that long before then that the first female got to go into a men's locker room um, after, a, after a game to interview the players. So things have been evolving for a long time. We probably have, and Carrie, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, mm-hmm. we probably have the most diverse group of journalists in this or so-called journalists or media in this country than we've ever had before. Yes, I would agree with that. But this guy, after again, he made it to the mayor's office. He's the mayor. But he's, he's claiming oppression or repression or racism. Talking about the Speaker of the House who's black, who also somehow is being racist, to be people using racism against him, and then the Senate Majority Leader who's also black, also, it's racism and discrimination holding him down, or her. I'm not sure if it's him or her. So we've got, is that what I'm hearing? Well, yes. That's what I understand. As a, okay, a white journalist, I call myself just a journalist, but he's brought race into this. Shouldn't we be asking him the questions if crime is up by 40% in New York, 40%, and we can't ask him about these bail reforms that he's doing and the, and the surging crime in that area? That's a big problem, no matter what by color the way, you are. And then he says something stupid like, they don't look like me. Mm-hmm. Is Eric Adams saying all black people look the same? I don't Because there are a lot of black people who don't look like Eric Adams. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people would be very happy about that. I mean, for me, he's not the most attractive guy, but what the hell do I know? Um, at the end of the day, stop it. Stop it. 
because he's now shirking his responsibility as the mayor overseeing an unprecedented surge in crime in New York City and New York State, well beyond because Albany is obviously not New York City. But he's he's overseeing an incre- incredible massive increase in crime and he's trying to get out of responsibility by claiming racism. And as you said, here you are, this white woman, if you're covering the news in the state capitol in New York and he's there, you have every right to ask him any question you want. Who is he to tell you you can't? Yeah. I mean, what is the biggest problem in New York right now? It is the white crime. Reporters. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whitey. Excuse me. Okay. Well, the second uh, biggest problem then, I guess. And he also, I guess, in that same news conference, he called on media outlets to diversify their newsrooms and have more reporters and editors of color so that they would better tell his version. That's from the you Daily Mail also. You know why you're telling me that? Because I'm white. Because you're white. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you're not allowed to ask the question. Uh, it, seriously, remember when Lori Lightfoot tried this crap, what, a few months ago? Yeah, remember? Yes, I do, yes. The only reporters I'll talk to for my <laughs> yearly sit-down about the state of the city are going to be black reporters. Yeah. And the idiots in the newsrooms accepted it for a minute until it got out. And we all said, what are you people, stupid? Stupid! It's extremely racist. You know, we live in a country where a black man can be the, the mayor of one of the largest cities, period. It's the largest city by population. Or a black female, gay black female, can be the mayor of another of the largest populated cities in Chicago. And yet, at the highest heights... They're complaining about racism. It is not racism to ask questions and report the news. It doesn't matter if you like it or don't like it. You know, this is one thing that that I do appreciate about Trump, and I appreciate a lot of things about Trump. I want him to be the president again. People know that I'm a fan of his. But when it comes down to asking him questions, nothing really is off is is out of bounds. He never says, don't ask me about this. When I went to the White House by his invitation, invitation, I was sitting there asking him all sorts of stuff, and he said, are you going to ask me about taxes? I said, yeah, I'm going to get to that. And instead of having the eight minutes they allotted me, I took 10 or 11 or whatever. Um, but he has always said this, I don't mind hard questions as long as you're being fair. Now, does Eric Adams in that entire story, carry say, this question was unfair? This question was racist. This question was somebody who doesn't understand looking like me. Mm-hmm. Does he get specific at all or does he say the makeup of newsrooms is unfair, therefore the coverage was unfair? Yeah, I don't think he gets into, into specifics. Of course he doesn't because he can't. Because trust me when I say in New York politics, which is very liberal, especially New York City politics, extremely liberal, there are no reporters dumb enough to ask a racist question. So he's only making it up to try to get them to back off. Some of them will comply and back off. The others, I hope, will keep on going at him, and he can call them racist all the all, all he wants. Uh, Look, yeah. I, I, I want people to understand. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll give it to you in a second. I want people to understand this. If somebody calls you racist, I don't care if you're black or you're white or you're American Indian or you're Asian, I don't care what you are, ethnically or ancestrally. If somebody calls you racist and you're not, Stand firm. Make them tell you how you're racist. That will make them back down. It's like standing up to a bully. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's another one of these stories that makes me rethink, why am I in this business? Uh, You've got a crime rate of over 41%, and I can't ask you about that? 
Carrie, you're I an oddball. You have to understand. you have to understand. I, understand. I, I mean, being honest, you're an oddball in this industry. You're not supposed to report the news the right way, squarely and fairly. If you do it, you're not in the group. You know you're never going to be in, in, ever invited to one of these martini lunches. You know that, no, right? No, no, absolutely not. No, nor would I want to be. She asked real questions about 41% increase. <gasps> How dare she, whitey? Mm. I'm telling you, this is a something that the left falls back on constantly to try to shut down conversation about what's really going on. Don't fall for it. If you're in New York and you're listening, if you're in New York and you're watching, and a lot of people you do, or, or do that either by podcast or you go back and watch the video, you're watching live or listening live, don't fall for it. Insist the media stay on them because this isn't okay what's happening in New York City. You, you got something else? Because you're fired up. You're I know. I was just thinking about it. I know. I'm still I'm still upset about this. I don't understand. Yeah. If they're worth their weight in salt, the the newspaper writers, the TV people, and the and the radio people in New York, well, the next time they have an opportunity, go back at them. Yeah. How I dare mean, he say? I'm not yeah, going to answer your question. How dare he group, say that? All these journalists coming together and saying no, no matter what color we are, uh, no matter what gender, whatever, just we are journalists. Answer our questions. Exactly right. You know why you said that, right? It should be so easy. I know, because I'm white. 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 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Your thoughts when we come back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. All right, great to have you. Thanks. Appreciate you stopping by the Joe Pags Show. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Stop by JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. All the social media there. Chris did write me from Los Angeles. And uh, Chris and I agree. I'm, I'm not sure what he thought I was uneducated about. But he and I agree. Everything that he wrote, I agree with. He's talking about the abortion rate for black uh, community. He's talking about uh, how right I am that that the those who make billions of dollars don't go back and help people out. He's talking about an agenda from the 1960s and so on. I'm going to read more of what he sent me, but uh, he and I don't don't appear to disagree, which is interesting. But uh, but I do appreciate him taking the time. And Chris, thanks for writing the email. And I'll definitely get back to you. If you want me to get back to you or if you just want me to know what you're thinking, I'm, I might not answer every email, but I read them all. It's just uh, JoePags.com. Scroll down and click on contact. Carrie, I just hope you enjoy it. That's all. I mean. Mm-hmm. You did that on purpose, didn't you? What? Because I had to subscribe to your newsletter to get the story. That why I'm can't you be? Read. Why can't? It's free. Why can't you be in my freaking newsletter? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I figure it's free. I was like, okay, I guess. I'll do it. <laughs> my goodness. So <laughs> I actually had a guy write me the other day. He said, I went to your website to send you an email. And it insisted that I sign up for your newsletter. And I don't want it. And I said, well, what's your problem? You got the free information. And, and by the way, 
Uh, you might not have seen this either. You could just close it. You don't have to sign up for it. I'm glad you did, but you could just close the the thing that asks you to sign oh, up. Oh, because it didn't look like I could close it. You could. You could. Are but you but sure? you're new to technology. I get it. Um, and <laughs> yeah. and and white. So um, huh? no, if you were if you were more ethnic, you probably could have done very oh. simply just to close it. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll read the story and then I'll unsubscribe. No big deal. No, don't unsubscribe. There's no huh? unsubscribe. You unsubscribe your ass off the show. Maybe you can do that. <laughs> Now, listen, uh, the people obviously don't care that Eric Adams only wants, I guess, people who look like him to ask him questions, which is hmm. nuts and racist. Fired up, but okay. Oh, I it know. did. It did. It got you fired up. Big time. A, I think people are story. afraid to call him when you get fired up. Hmm. You think so? Mm. You're like, I don't want to go. He's going to yell at me. I don't want chocolate voice yelling at me. Get her <laughs> yeah, back to chocolate off. voice. Yeah. He's like yelling at me voice. Um, but, but there's another story that is, again, typical of those on the left in this country. And I want to disabuse anybody out there of considering this to be real. It's not. When you're hearing about San Francisco and, and New York City and D.C., considering things that Carrie's going to tell you now, um, I want you to understand this is because the primaries are almost here. This is because this is a midterm election year. They're trying everything they can to get you to vote them back in. So, And believe me when I say, suddenly it'll be your Mamacron is going to show up and it's going to be another variant. Have you heard of that one, your Mamacron? I haven't, and that's a new one. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's the one that one. gets you sick. You lose your sense of taste and smell. And your mama sends you to bed for the night. Mm. It's the Momicron uh, mm. variant. It's another mutation of the COVID. Uh, believe me when I say there will be some new mutation show up after the election. <laughs> Suddenly we have to wear masks again. Suddenly we have to get vaccinated again. But they they don't want you to pay any attention to what to how they've always acted. They they want you to believe this. Carrie, go ahead. From JoePags.com, D.C. Mayor Muriel Damn Bowser. Straight. Damn straight. It's a valid source <laughs> right there. Okay. Uh, she delivered a COVID-19 situational update Monday released on coronavirus.dc.gov. Among the updates given to the COVID-19 action plan include its indoor mask requirements will be dialed back beginning March 1st. And beginning February 15th, indoor venues will no longer be required to check and verify vaccination statuses of its patrons. However, businesses may choose to keep that requirement in place if they so choose. Page 7 of the document lays out exactly who will and will not be required to wear a mask beginning March 1st. Most significantly, we notice that schools, child care facilities, and libraries will still require masks. Now, the power-hungry government's mandating children still wear a mask, continuing to deprive parents of making choices for their own children. Who does get to wear masks? Adults who are anxious to get back to some sort of normalcy and attend restaurants and bars, sports and entertainment venues, gyms, recreation centers, and indoor athletic facilities, houses of worship, businesses, grocery stores and pharmacies, retail establishments, D.C. government offices, areas with no public interaction. How nice for everyone but children. In addition to children in schools, indoor mask requirements will remain in place at any private business that wants to require use of a mask by its employees or customers, congregate facilities, nursing homes, assisted living, shelters, dorms and correctional facilities, Healthcare, medical facilities, public transit, taxis, and rideshare vehicles, DC government facilities with direct interaction between employees and the public. Okay, it sounds like they're lifting the mask mandate and even some of this vaccination card crap for everybody but but kids. Yeah, I don't understand. The kids are the least susceptible to this. They have the best, the the highest survivability rate. What, 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 I'm telling you, these people are stupid. Guess why kids have to wear a mask, uh, Carrie? Can you take a guess? Why? Because they're not old enough to vote. Ooh, That's yeah, why. There you go. That's why. Those of us old enough to vote, if you're in Washington, suddenly you, we, the government, will give you your freedom and liberty back. 
That's how sick it is. When freedom and liberty, by the way, is already inherently given to us by the creator and protected by that document we call the Constitution. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. When we come back, it'll be Andrew Giuliani. You're not going to want to miss this. I hope he's the next governor of the great state of New York. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always great to have this guy back. He's the Republican candidate for governor of the great state of New York. It's Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, how are you? Hey, great to be with you as always. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Listen, you're tearing up Twitter, I guess. Just right before we started today, <laughs> I saw that Giuliani is trending. I guess word got out that we're doing this interview. Congrats. You're, you're like the John Stockton of Twitter over here. You got the assist out of all this right there. You know, you, you threw it right up. So we just had to slam it down. All because of you, Pegs. Hey, well, it, it's what I do, Andrew. So, uh, I mean, honestly, we know that it's your dad that's trending. You'll be trending hopefully very soon, if not today, because of this great interview. But uh, let me just ask you something just on a personal note before we get into the politics of it all. And I, I hope that you're the next governor of New York. I really want you to win. Um, it's interesting. There's another Republican people are pushing. We'll talk about that in a second as well. But growing up, you saw your dad as a bigger-than-life figure. I'm an Italian guy. I saw my dad as a, as a bigger-than-life figure. I mean, we really do look up to our fathers and want to be like them. And there's nothing wrong with that. The entire world wanted to be like uh, Rudy Giuliani back in the day. But every day now, there's some stupid trend and some stupid attack on your father. So if you don't mind, transition from being that kid that we saw when he was being uh, inaugurated to where you are today, knowing that your dad is everybody's, you know, uh, kick toy. It's very strange. They all want to beat the guy. He keeps on beating them, Andrew. I mean, he keeps on coming out on top. They haven't taken him down, and I don't think they will, but they try every day. What's that like for you? Well, Joe, from my perspective, and it's a great question, uh, you know, thinking about this and thinking about even before I was born, when he went after the mob uh, from his days, obviously, as mayor to September 11th, and what he did for President Trump, whether it was the Russia hoax, which we now have seen the extent of it right there with with Hillary and and everything she did. Uh, And then what happened after November 3rd. Uh, The truth is, he hasn't changed. He's the same person through this entire time who really sees truth uh, and looks for injustice in the world. And he calls it out. I think just he had the guts to be able to go up against what he knew the entire time was going to be big tech, Uh, He knew there was a ton of money that was going against him. And so because of that and because he is willing to tell the truth, no matter what the consequences, uh, they continue to go after him. And really, they're going after him as much for him as it is to make sure they brush back anybody else who would call the truth unabashedly the way my father does. So I'll tell you this. uh, I'm as proud of my father today as I was on September 11th, as I was when he was mayor of New York, as I was when he learned as a young boy what he did uh, going after the five families in New York. So I'm I'm just as proud as I I am today, as I've ever been of him. Are you as surprised as I am that that the guy that took down the mafia, the the Cosa Nostra in New York, literally took them down single-handedly just about? Um, is somehow the target of the left? Are they stupid? They really think they could get Rudy Giuliani? What's the matter with them? 
Well, again, I'm not surprised just because this is not even as much about going after Rudy Giuliani. Uh, They're trying to make Rudy Giuliani uh, the figure for anybody else who will speak truth to power. Yeah. Uh, and that's really what he's doing, right? I mean, he's seen what ended up happening on November 3rd and before November 3rd. This was set up before then. I mean, even the Time Magazine article, you can go back in and you can see uh, what ended up happening in right. terms of all, all the money, the collusion that happened with this 2020 election. He's just willing to actually go out there and call it for what it is. So it's not even really going after him. It's to make sure that nobody else calls out any other irregularities or fraud in 2022, 2024, and in the future. And that's why we need to make sure we have as many people banding together as possible. And that's really why, Joe, I would say I'm even more proud of him today than I was after September 11th, because the truth is, he knew he knew the consequences of this. He knew he was putting his entire professional life on the line and he had the guts to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to do what's good for the country and good for democracy. And so I couldn't be any prouder of my father today. Uh, I don't I'm proud. I'm proud of him, too. He's not my dad, but I, I, I'm just proud to tell us <laughs> him, uh, of him. And I'm proud of you as well. NYFORGiuliani.com is his website ny4giuliani.com. He's running for governor of the great state of uh, New York. You know, I'm glad you brought up the Time Magazine article because it does show that they're, not only did they collude, they admitted to it, they're proud of it, and they're arrogant about it. The arrogance that I see from Kathy Hochul is not that different than the arrogance that I saw from Andrew Cuomo. Um, uh, Kathy Hochul will not wear a mask anywhere, yet tell everybody to wear a mask, fire a bunch of healthcare workers, then complain that there aren't enough healthcare workers, then put National Guard in their places. Uh, New York is not the place that, that I'm from. It's not the place that you're used to today. Um, Curtis Lewa, our mutual friend, says, Joe, don't come here unless you're wearing a full, <laughs> what, what does he call it, a full body um, bulletproof condom. I have to wear that yeah. on my whole body <laughs> if I want to go to New York City. So, so it, it, what used to be the greatest beacon on the hill, the shining light of freedom, is really a lockdown sort of martial law place now. What changes would you make immediately or will you make immediately yeah. once you become the governor of New York? Well, immediately the mask mandate and the vaccine mandates, those go in the garbage in day one, minute one of my administration on January 1st, 2023. I mean, you think about what Hochul's doing and and the picture's worth a million words uh, in this instance. Obviously, we saw the hypocrisy in the Super Bowl with leftist politicians uh, and uh, Hollywood stars who have preached to us for months and months and and now years now at this point that we need to wear our masks to make sure we protect ourselves. Well, first off, we've seen with the John Hopkins study that that's actually incorrect. And secondly, to have Kathy Hochul who literally, and she does this all the time, they just caught it on, on, on camera one time, but to be posing with kids all in masks, to not wear a mask in front of her face right there, it shows you what she's really made of right there. So that goes in the trash on day one. you know. And one of the things, and this is what I was doing last Friday, I was standing with so many of the young men and women who will be fired, who have been fired by Eric Adams, or 1,500 in total. Uh, I would rehire any one of them with back pay, and I probably promote them as well, but certainly Good. I'm pledging on New York uh, because of vaccine mandates. I will rehire them with back pay on day one. Okay, and that's very important because people, listen, the, these people were, were um, heroes. 
Healthcare workers were yeah. heroes. They were on the front line. Uh, the police were heroes. The, the firefighters were heroes. Suddenly, they're, they're also ranged. If you don't get in line and take this jab in your arm, you're going to be out of a job. It's strange. You brought up Eric Adams. And again, it's Andrew Giuliani running for governor of the great state of New York. Go to nyforgiuliani.com. Go support his candidacy. Eric Adams seems to have a split personality. There's something going on with this guy. Yeah. Um, somebody pushed, a criminal pushed a woman to her death off the platform on the subway. Eric Adams says there's no problem with crime uh, or dangerousness on the subway. It's all perceived. And then the polls came out and the news stories came out. And the next day he said, I'm even afraid to ride the subway. So here's a guy that is going to go as the wind blows. He supports this idiot DA now in Manhattan, this guy Bragg. And then he says, well, I don't really support what he said. So I'm not really sure who Eric Adams is other than a politician (laughs) who's trying to play both sides and get good press. How do you as the governor go in and work with arguably the most important mayor on the planet. How do you, how do you work with a guy who's so far left? He's off the reservation from where you are. Well, uh, he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth, as you, as you said. And I think that's one of the things you realize about him. You know, you mentioned before Curtis Sliwa and him and I ended up starting uh, a recall petition for Alvin Bragg. What I would do as governor on day one, and this isn't going into Adams, this is going into Bragg right now, but I would remove Alvin Bragg or any other DA who violated their oath of office. The New York governor has the right under Article 8, Section 13B of the New York State Constitution to do that. Uh, And I would hand him his pink slip on day one or any other Soros-funded DA. Uh, Look, I think one of the things that I could do for New Yorkers on day one, if you have a mayor like an Adams who maybe is, you know, not actually doing what he needs to do from a crime perspective, we clean up the subways on day one. The reason why I say that is because, as many people know, the governor actually has control of the subways. There's more votes than the mayor on the MTA board. So what better way to actually show New Yorkers the juxtaposition? And by the way, if anybody's been on the subways, which I have, the Guardian Angels certainly have been recently, you'll see they need it. But if New Yorkers see after a couple of months of a Giuliani administration that the subways are clean and they feel safe on there and then they go above ground and they see that where Mayor Eric Adams's jurisdiction is, it's not so safe in the city. uh, They're going to be he's going to be on the hot seat from New Yorkers and they're going to be able to do it. So that's something on day one as governor that I could do for New York City. Uh, But in terms of Eric Adams, I mean, I look at it this way. He's got to be going up there and talking to Hochul, talking to Carl Hasty, talking to Stuart Cousins uh, and saying we need to repeal bail reform now. This has been a disaster. It's not just affecting New York City. It's why Rochester is having the highest murder rate in the history of its city last year. Um, So this is something we need to do not just for New York City residents, but also for all those who live in the 62 counties in our great state. It is uh, Andrew Giuliani, NYFORGiuliani.com. Go support his candidacy. Running for governor of the great state of New York, he's a Republican. He is, yes, Rudy's son. I talked to your dad a lot, and, and he at one point, and I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but he said, for every year that you let crime get worse, it takes seven years to correct it. Something like that. It was an e- exponentially larger amount of time to get it back. It, it's almost like gaining weight. I could probably gain 30 pounds the next three months. Might, <laughs> might take, might, might take me two, two years to lose it. So yeah. how do you get a grip on crime knowing that, yes, you've got to get Bragg either out of there or fix him. You've got to make sure that we're not prosecuting crime again. Maybe you start the um, uh, the, the the unit that was just disbanded and defunded. Yeah. The the what was it? Uh, the, some sort of high crime unit that would go we out. We call it the street clothes unit, but it's the anti crime unit. Yeah, exactly clothes, right. Clothes unit. So, so that's gone yeah. too. You'd have to bring that back. But as governor, can you 
uh, instill a new enforcement ideology on a city like New York that you know, again, the mayor has a lot of power. What sort of a weight can you carry to tell the people of all the five boroughs, we're going to get you safe again. We're going to prosecute yeah. crime again. We're going to stop all this defund crap, and we're going to make sure that we, that the streets are not filled with carjackers and, and drive-bys. Andrew, in my lifetime, I don't remember hearing about drive-bys and carjackings in New York. Yeah. We're hearing about it now. Yeah. Look, I, I think I gave one example of what I would do with the subways right there to show yeah. New Yorkers. But also, on day one, we would repeal bail reform and cashless bail. I mean, when, when you continue to see, and, and I've heard this story, and this is whether you're not you're in cities or in urban and rural areas in the state, but you just continue to see criminals literally going in and then coming right out of jail. I had a good friend of mine who was on the job last year, and he said that he printed a guy for literally stealing a car. Uh, and before he actually finished filling out the paperwork, the guy was out of the station. Wow. What does that do to our cops' morale? Uh, the other thing, too, and now she's running for Congress, uh, Biagi, who's a state senator, uh, she introduced a bill to try to eliminate our officers' qualified immunity. Uh, that would basically continue to push our NYPD and our officers around the state to be more reactive. We need to make sure, like we said before, we get a pl the plainclothes unit back in there so the police officers can be more proactive. Now, what Dad said is absolutely right. It does take years to undo what one year will ultimately do from a crime perspective. But I urge anybody to look at New York City in the early 90s at over 2,200 murders a year for three years. And then there was a guy, his name was Giuliani, and he came in and he was able to take broken windows theory and make sure the police were proactive. That's what we would do around the state. And I have to tell you, there are three questions that I would ask myself every single day. I ask myself on the campaign, but I ask myself every day when I'm governor. One, what am I doing to keep New York City, New York State safer and make it safer? Two, what am I doing to make sure that parents have more choice in their children's education? And three, what am I doing to make sure that New York is creating jobs, not chasing jobs down to the Sunshine State? And not only there, I mean, to, right to where I'm sitting, too, in Texas. We got yeah. a lot of people from New Absolutely. York and California come here as well. It's Andrew Giuliani. Go and uh, support his candidacy, nyforgiuliani.com, nyforgiuliani.com. You know, everything that you said sounds great, but see, here, here's the qualifier, and this really bothers me. Your dad was elected and Pataki was elected. didn't matter that they were ours. The people of New York State as a whole and New York City specifically were done. They were tired of the crime, tired of the prostitution, tired of, of Times Square looking like crap. Your dad fixed all of that. He cleaned up the entire city. Um, and, and the people in New York City had had enough. Are they there yet? I was surprised that Sliwa didn't beat Eric Adams, who was just a repeat guy for, for Bill de Blasio. Are they ready to elect you? And, and by the way, for some reason, the Republicans are pushing a different guy. But mm -hmm. it is, are the residents of, of, of New York State, the most beautiful state that I miss, I haven't been there in a while, um, are they ready to elect a Republican and not really worry about the R, really worry about just making a better life? Well, well, Joe, you're invited back for the inauguration January 1st of next year. <laughs> I'll so be make there. sure you put that in the count. Yes, get, sir. Get your tickets now and early. Okay. Um, but yes, they are. And, and I'll tell you why. And I'll back this up with data. First and foremost, you mentioned the Republican primary. Yeah, we do have some in the party that are pushing another candidate. But the good news is the last four statewide polls. And by the way, our campaign didn't pay for any of those polls. They're all public nice. done by Siena College uh, and Zogby. All have us up double digits for the Republican nomination. Right. So what does that tell you? That tells you that 
people want to make sure that it's not a backroom deal in Albany who selects their candidate, but as many of the 2.9 million registered Republicans. But when you look at the general election, you mentioned Curtis before, the math in New York state basically is for a Republican win 30 to 33 percent of New York City in order to win the state. You just, you know, you can't win 22, 23 percent. Curtis running against Adams and Adams cut some of his messaging off being a cop, probably the toughest candidate for him to run against. Curtis got 28.5 percent of New York City. When you look at that, when you look at how Nassau was able to bring Bruce Blakeman in as their county executive, Suffolk getting a Republican county executive we saw in Colony, New York, outside of Albany, switch red for the first time. And we saw in Erie County, uh, we're seeing the signs that people saw in 1993 that ended up bringing a George Pataki in 1994. So the numbers, the data, it all lines up. I think the New York governor's race is going to be very, very similar to Virginia and New Jersey. It's going to be like that. Obviously, we want to make it like Virginia. <laughs> yeah. No, and I felt like New Jersey actually could have gone the other way, too. Yeah. But I would love to see it like Virginia. I support you big time. You know that. Those who are watching and listening, love your messaging every time. Come on here again. Uh, I've got to go, but when is the primary? What's the date? Primary is June 28th. We're starting petitions on March 1st, so we're going to be running all over New York starting on March 1st. We'll probably, next time we join you, it'll probably be in the background with, who knows, Niagara Falls in the background or something <laughs> that, Hey, like that, that would be a show, great, so. that'd be a great scene. Let's do that, Andrew. Uh, NYFORGiuliani.com, NYforGiuliani.com. Andrew, thanks a million. Congratulations on the birth of your child, and we'll talk very Thank soon. You. Thank you, Pags. Really appreciate it. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate Andrew Giuliani coming on. By the way, if you're a small business owner, you're busy enough as it is. You don't have time to deal with the hassle of going to the post office. Stamps.com can help you out, help you skip that trip, and save you a bunch of money, too. Time is money, but this is actual money as well. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been an indispensable partner for over a million businesses. So skip the post office and UPS. They can give you post office and UPS shipping services right there at your own computer. With your printer, get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off of USPS rates, 76% off of UPS. Not really sure why you would miss out on this. All you need is a computer, a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. You're up and running in minutes, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. Go right now to stamps.com. Use my promo code PAGS. Get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to stamps.com. Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page. Enter my code PAGS, P-A-G-S, and make that happen right now. We've got, like, no seconds for pop culture. What's the story out of CNN? You got it? Real quick. So, Allison Golos, if that's how you pronounce it, she stepped down from her chief marketing officer role today. Which she should have done two weeks ago. That's Polo, that's CJ, that's Carrie, I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.